This is Proxy Countdown. Welcome to the big show for the week of December 11th. Alongside my tag team partner, Matt Muscardi. I'm Damian Rollis. On today's countdown, we have four big questions. Is Netflix listening to its shareholders? Did a French director at Krispy Kreme resign in protest? Will it hurt a CEO's feelings if you lower his pay? And on the big vote, should Visa shareholders continue to rubber stamp their board of directors or is it time to start paying attention? Let's get right to the trade wire, Matt. In our biggest companies in the U.S. here, we look at the biggest ones, new directors at... Johnson and Johnson. They appointed Best Buy director Eugene Woods to its board. Analog Devices appointed Nike and Citigroup director Peter Henry. Look, I'm not sure actually on this one that bringing in a director who's batting 318, who sits on Nike and City following a less than stellar stint at the now dead GE is exactly bringing in the position player for the future. It actually, and I hate to say this, tastes and smells a little like low-risk diversity play for a board that for some reason cannot find a single black person to put on the board. How about axing the 89-year-old founder at some point? It's 2023. He founded the company in 1965. Do investors still have to like scratch his back? At Exelon, Brian Sedgdy is a newly appointed director. Brian was deputy global vice chair at Ernst & Young. Current Exelon director Anthony Anderson was a vice chair also at Ernst & Young. So new director Brian will have someone to talk to during awkward breaks. Yeah, this is a Chicago alert, local alert, and an EY alum alert. Exelon's most influential director is Tony Anderson, who's, as you said, is an EY alum. And Exelon is Chicago-based. And they have two ex-insiders sitting on the boards. Sejedi or Sejedi is, this is, he's based in Chicago, too. This is not the, the best ad, I don't think. And the final ad is at Gartner. They have reappointed Karen Dykstra to the board. Now, Karen has been on the board since 2007, but she left for exactly six months because I guess she had something better to do at VMware before it was acquired by Broadcom. In that time, Matt, Gartner's share price went from $339 to $446. Yes, that's, that's wow. true. The day she left, it was $339. It went up to $446. Despite serving for 16 years on Gartner's board, Karen Dykstra has held only 4% of board influence and holds zero leadership positions. I'm pretty sure we got to call that the Dykstra effect going forward. A uh, couple of resignations. Uh, we have Alexis Black Bjorland stepping down at Digital Realty Trust. She's leaving, that leaves the board with only two women. And at Stryker, the dean of the Harvard Business School, that's Shrikant Datar, has stepped down. So they lost the important player there, Stryker. That's, that's yeah, that's tough. Uh, there's a new CFO at Chewy, David Reeder. He will receive a Golden Hello Award worth $17 million just to join Chewy. And Matt, he is eligible for, quote, 
unlimited paid time off subject to the needs of the company. I've never seen imagine, that before. Yeah. Can you imagine working in the Chewy warehouse and reading <laughs> that your new CFO has unlimited, unlimited paid time off subject to the needs of the company? The company needs a CFO. I don't that's the need. After a brutal say on pay loss at Netflix's annual meeting in June where only 29% of shareholders supported executive pay, Netflix has finally announced some pay changes. Highlights include the fact that executives will no longer be able to allocate their compensation between cash and stock options. This is a perk that I've seen nowhere before ever. I know, yeah, it's rare. Uh, massive... Stock option awards will be eliminated as executives will now receive only restricted stock and performance uh, stock. Last year, Reed Hastings received $50 million in options and uh, co-CEO Ted Serenos received $30 million in stock options. So is the party over at Netflix? Do you think shareholders will be satisfied next June? Who knows? I mean, the party's over for Ted Sarandos. Like, who managed to only squeak out a few years of mega pay? Reed Hastings got away with one, I'd, I'd say, here. And before we get on to our proxy cage matches, there's a few tidbits from smaller companies that we need to highlight. At Evertech, CEO Morgan Schussler Jr. received a $6 million special equity grant. Why? Just because. No reason why. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, at Krispy Kreme, here's a good one. French director Lubomira Rocher resigned three days before the donut company opened its first store in Paris. That's right. Uh, I'll let you draw your own conclusion. Matt, she resigned three days before they opened their first location in Paris. Is that like a is this Nimby an Donuts? Is I that mean, like Nimby this is donuts? something, right? This has to be it something. Is, it has it to better feel be. something. Yeah. It better be. Because that I was even able to figure this out is a miracle. And, and lastly, we have a Boomerang CEO at Ring Central. Founder, former CEO, and executive chair Vladimir Shmunis, who controls 79% of board influence, Boomerangs back to replace Tarek Robiati, who held only 9% of board influence there. But Tariq walks away with a $10 million golden parachute. What? At what point do investors wake up and say having the founder sit in a chair role is not the best idea to inspire your new CEO? It doesn't work. It I just gotta, doesn't work. I got to tell you, for all the shareholders, all the boards, everyone, uh, just do away with golden hellos and golden parachutes. Yeah, it's, anything with the word golden in it should probably be excommunicated, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get on to our proxy cage matches. Palo Alto Networks is fighting back against ISS and Glass Lewis with a supplemental deck. That's right. They posted a, a pretty little Nothing PowerPoint. Angry <laughs> like a PowerPoint. Here's why they're angry. Glass Lewis has recommended against two of four directors up for election. Uh, ISS and Glass Lewis are both against say on pay this year, and ISS is recommending a vote against the company's equity incentive plan. According to the deck, this is what Palo Alto had to say. Since the company filed its proxy statement, Glass Lewis and ISS have issued formulaic device on how shareholders might assess these proposals. So I guess formulaic advice is their way of saying that we're special and that these shouldn't apply to us. What, what do you make of that formulaic advice? Look, I, 
Palo Alto has a bit of uh, a point in as much as it, could you think of a more Hippocratic, uh, hip, hip, Hippocratic stance than uh, or hypocritical stance than ISS and Glass Lewis? When those pundits come claiming they have a hard line against something like related party transactions, which is what their case is here, they're saying we have a hard line against these transactions, right? Yeah. That's what they said. You're talking about uh, Lorraine Tuhill, who is chief marketing officer at Google. She has related party transactions at Palo Alto with Google. That's one of the directors that Glass Lewis wants out, yes. And Aparna Bawa. Yeah, okay, here's where it gets weird. Unfortunately, we don't have access to Glass Lewis's recommendations. Aparna Bawa also... In last year's proxy statement, had related party transactions due to her role at Zoom. This year, I don't see the related party transactions. Palo Alto Networks is saying that they want to vote out Aparna Bawa because uh, their ultimate disapproval of our pay practices and the long-term performance and retention award we granted to our CEO. So because she sits on the compensation committee, they're saying that's why they're targeting Aparna Bawa. She's the only member of the compensation 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 committee up for vote this year. So I don't know. So I, now we're just voting out the person who had nothing to do with it, not comp chair John Key, who they were okay with last year. Uh, but look, here's yeah. here. The reality here is that we covered AutoZone's related party transactions last week. It's a parochial S&P 500 board full of fist pumping buddies. They're buying goods from each other. Where is ISS and Glass Lewis there saying we have a hard line against that there? And the fact that this is an absurd comp plan, comp chair John Key is not on ISS and Glass Lewis's radar from last year. Uh, uh, Hill is Palo Alto's second place performer. She's one of the top performers on the entire board. TSR and uh, and overall batting 630 on TSR and 680 overall. And while Ba was a middle player, I mean, we're not voting meritocracy at all. Key is still there. He's the worst player on the group. I know he's not up for election this year, but this does seem like Palo Alto has somewhat of a, a, a point. Like, we're not voting out the chair. We're not voting out the people that matter. We're just voting out whoever's expedient. Frankly, I don't understand why Glass Lewis and ISS don't make these recommendations public. I would like to see really what they said because I, I am a bit confused. These related party transactions, as I said, were listed in the 2022 proxy, but they're not in the current 2023 proxy. So does that suggest that these transactions don't exist anymore? I mean, according to Palo Alto Networks. But here's where what I will say. Let's talk about say on pay. Uh, Palo Alto very humorously defended its pay package to CEO Nikesh Arora by... Cl uh, bear with me, Matt. This is this is really what they said. By claiming that since he grew accustomed to his hundred million dollar, uh, hundred million dollar of annual equity equity, that essentially it would be rude to give him only fifty million dollars going forward. So they say that this is why they determined that a meaningful equity award would be necessary to ensure that such award retains and engages. Mr. Aurora. So that meaningful equity award to make up for this is a $144 million special re retention award on top of his already $38 million in pay, $4 million of which goes to personal security costs and for his use of the private jet. So Did they use that's the word a big, rude? 
Did they use the word? Those are my words, but the company did make the argument that because he was used to a certain (laughs) level of equity payout, that they had to make up for the fact that that was diminished. But so the only thing I could think of is, did he have like a eighty million dollar mortgage payment that he had to pay every year? I I've never seen this type of again. This was not in the proxy statement. This is a supplemental deck released by Palo Alto Network. So I'm guessing only we read that supplemental deck. Most shareholders, Uh, yeah, probably don't read that. Lewis, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what's going on over there at Palo Alto Networks at Crown Castle. A struggle with activist Elliott Investment Management has led to the departure of CEO Jay Brown, who will step down at the beginning of January. Elliott claims that this is a step in the right direction, but that more changes are needed. So I'm guessing maybe they're going to target some board directors. And finally, L3 Harris Technologies has entered into a cooperation agreement with one of its largest shareholders, D.E. Shaw, and has appointed two new directors to the board. That's former Gelled Wen CEO Kirk Hashigan and former Raytheon CEO Bill Swanson. Matt, both Swanson and Hashigan served on the board of Next Era Energy, where current L3 Harris director Lewis Hay III used to be CEO. So again, wow. they're welcomed into a, a happy, friendly group there. That's a big hugging society you yeah. got going on. Let's go over to our uh, fabulous vote results table. Matt, the vote is in at Microsoft, the company we've talked about a lot in the past, uh, an annual meeting we've talked a lot about. Directors received an average support of 98%. Okay. Average. That's an average. So shareholders are very happy with the directors there. Sam Pay received 94% support. All nine shareholder proposals were defeated, including three from the anti-woke, anti-ESG crowd, which received average support of a whopping 1% of shareholders. 1%. Yeah. A proposal from Echo asking for a report on data operations and human rights hotspots fared the best with 34% support from shareholders. Matt, Echo is run by a lesbian and its board includes only one man. So I guess this is yet another thing for the anti-woke, anti-ESG crowd to cry fake non-Bud Light beer tears. They're over. not going to cry fake non-Bud yeah. Light beer tears. <laughs> they're going to they're going to cue the yeah. conspiracy theories and lawsuits that allege collusion. The fact is, the gender-based compensation proposal was one of the most heinous proposals ever written at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. But now they have a blueprint. Twenty-six states' attorney general penned a letter to proxy advisors, ISS and Glass-Lewis, alleging they are discriminating against proposals that deal with issues that they care about, like debanking of religious groups. Mm -hmm. I actually think there's another letter on the horizon, this one at ISS and Glass-Lewis, for ignoring things like uh, we hate trans people as a shareholder proposal. It's inevitable that you, when you see a 1% report on gender-based compensation benefit gaps that targets trans people versus a 34% data operations and human rights led by a shareholder that is a lesbian-run organization, mm-hmm. they're just going to cry collusion and discrimination. At Cisco Systems, directors received average support of 96%, despite 26% of shareholders rejecting say on pay. So... 
once again, shareholders are still not clear what the compensation committee does. I don't. No, I never, they don't. I, know. I don't get this disconnect. There's a charter. It's available. You can read it, but no one yeah. knows. Directors at Vale Resorts received average support of ninety-seven percent. Average at Stride. A shareholder proposal from the Service Employees International Union asking for a report on lobbying received support from 49.5% of Stride shareholders. So that, that's an almost, Matt. We'll see if Stride does the right thing here. Remember that recently AT&T created a political congruency report despite receiving support from only 44% of shareholders. So let's see what Stride does here. I think they should, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They should do this. Uh, at, at Zenitech Biosciences. That's a fake name, right? Say on pay failed miserably. 68% said no. Uh, this is despite the fact that CEO Jeffrey Eisenberg only received 633000 in compensation last year, which is an extremely low number uh, for these companies. Uh, Jeffrey Eisenberg also was hated by shareholders as 46% want him out. I'm guessing they are mostly angry at the company's share price, which was $208 five years ago, but is currently under $4. Despite all the anger, the rest of the board received 94% average support, despite the fact that eight of nine directors have served since at least 2019 and average board tenure is over six years. So again, I don't understand what's going on. What are we doing? I don't know what What are we doing? Um, At Safety Shot... Yes, there's a company called Safety Shot. Hector Alila received 66% votes against his election. And wait for it. He was removed the next day. Wow. Pack your bags. And finally, at Syntex Technologies, Compensation Committee Chair Jeff White was voted out with 58% of shareholders saying no, but he will remain on the board because of the company's plurality vote standard, which means he technically only needed one vote to get reelected. One vote, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's so that's what's hoping, uh, happening at our vote results table. Matt, it is now time for the big vote. Our company in focus today, our featured company today is Visa. Visa's uh, annual meeting is coming up in January. Uh, let me give you a few general observations before I hand it over to you. First of all, ownership at Visa is pretty diffuse. The main shareholders here are Vanguard and BlackRock, BlackRock each holding a, uh, a little under 10% of the vote. The big story over at Visa is a big leadership transition. Former CEO and current executive chair Alfred Kelly is stepping down at the meeting. That means that 21% of board influence is up for grabs. Lead director John Lundgren will transition to become the independent board chair. And there's also a new CEO, Chris Suh. So that's what's going on over there at Visa. Look, I got three points and then some picks. Okay, so Um, let's get right to it. Let's go to our first proposal, which, of course, is the election of uh, the entire board over at Visa. Go ahead, Matt. So Visa might be the poster child for the country club board. 
Out of 550 largest publicly traded U.S. corporations, Visa ranks in the top 12% for the number of directors who know each other from other boards. This is a board that 58% of them are connected within two phone calls. Yeah, can I I tell you that there are some big hitters on this board. Uh, The former CEO of Brocade, Lloyd Carney. Uh, The current CEO of Pepsi, Ramon LaGuarta. Um, the current CEO of Stanley Black and Decker, John Lundgren, um, the former CEO of Campbell Soup, Denise Morrison, the CEO of Imperver, Pam Murphy, and the CEO of Clorox, Linda Rendell. So you're right. This is a highly is connected, powerful board. Yeah, go ahead. And, and you didn't even mention Terry Stoll List, who's on the Microsoft board. So she like they're they're connected all over the place. In fact, the most connected team member you mentioned is Denise Morrison. She's connected to a quarter of the board by herself. She actually sits on four separate boards that have direct ties back to Visa. So M- Morrison is in the in, in the driving seat of uh, under knowing everybody in the room. So point number one, this is a country club board. Point number two, it's also a board-run company, not an insider-run company. This is one of very few companies where 83% of the board are current or ex-CEOs, including Morrison, who's the chair of the comp committee. We have a CEO who gets paid by another CEO. Insiders only control 34% of the board influence. 34% is absurdly low in it for a U.S. company compared to 75% of the influence controlled by these connected directors. This is very clearly the country club running the company, not the company running itself. Yeah, the which, board, which I will yeah. say gives a lot of power to shareholders. So instead of rubber stamping these directors every year, they could have some actual influence on what's going on here. The shareholders have power to do something mm-hmm. here, including you can tell how the board thinks of itself by the fact that it pays itself incredibly well. Visa is in the top 10% of board comp in the United States. Wow. The average director gets 360 a year and escalating pay for chair and committee roles every single year. They've, they've increased the retainer for sitting on a committee. So they've incentivized continually. Everyone gets on a committee and everybody gets increased pay. In fact, Lundgren, who's the rising chair um, now with all these transitions happening, he made a team high $480,000 wow. in 2023. That was for going to 19 total meetings, four meetings in the nominating committee, seven of audit and eight board-wide meetings. That's $25,000 per meeting of awarded pay. The realized pay is higher given equity grants. So the and board... Yeah. likes itself very much. And let's not forget that this is a man that they call independent. He makes a half a million dollars and you expect shareholders to believe that he is independent from this company? A half a million dollars. And here's what you get for that level of independence. A country club board who basically is running the company. Investors are getting a boringly average return for their country club elections. The team as a group bats 463 overall, uh, where 500 is an average team, right? So we're slightly below average. Mm -hmm. 634 for EBITDA. It's slightly above average, but 426 for TSR, which is below average. We're basically looking at at a board where 34% of the members we consider to be all-stars. These are heavy hitters. They actually perform pretty well. But when we put them together, where they have no accountability and they're all connected, we're not seeing the output of all-stars. Think of it like a super team that basically can't make it to the finals. That's effectively what you're seeing out of the Visa board. 
Which brings me to the picks. Yeah. What do you got? You going to rubber stamp so everybody like shareholders or are you actually going to target some directors? No, because we're going to do some real analysis okay. about the people involved. McNerney, Mc, McErney, McNerney, McErney, the, yeah, this, the CEO, the, the, the rising the CEO. CEO. Mm-hmm. He is uh, a puppet CEO with Al Kelly, who was the former CEO sitting in the executive chair seat. Kelly had more influence than the ex- the current CEO had. And it actually looks unlikely to change even as Kelly steps out because Lundgren is mm-hmm. taking over the chair role and CEO and chair roles will remain separate. Right. Lundgren is one of the most connected people, influential members of the board. He's the second highest influence on the board overall. He's going to take the crown and he's going to run this company effectively from the board. My pick Pick number one, vote against Lundgren. Make wow. room for an actual outsider. I know you want to make him the chair, but he's not the chair of this company if he's not being independent and holding the other directors accountable. Wow. He's effectively an insider. Number two is vote against Morrison. She's the most connected director on the board. You would get rid of the entire brain trust of connected fist-bumping country club just with those two. Like a, a eliminating groupthink kind of almost immediately. That's uh, My second pick here mm-hmm. um, is look at the performance metrics. The lowest performer on TSR overall on this board is Linda Rendell, the CEO of Clorox. Right. Now, need I remind you, Clorox just had one of the largest data breaches that shut down its ops for months. And Rendell lists risk and e-commerce as core skills in her skills matrix. Mm -hmm. Vote against Rendell. Give her the time to focus on Clorox, add a higher performer into the mix. I think that makes sense. And finally, my final pick here, Francisco Javier Fernandez Carabajal. Mm -hmm. He sat on the board since Visa IPO'd with the wind down of litigation in class B and C shares, which you're going to get to in a second. This is the time where a 16-year tenure is long enough. Vote against Fernandez. Let's get out Lundgren, Morrison, Rendell, Fernandez, and make room for actual independence, no more groupthink, and no long-tenured directors who basically are guaranteed $300,000 a year to show up you know, a dozen, uh, 20 times to, to meetings. So in summary, uh, Proposal 1, Election of Directors, uh, we are saying vote against Lundgren, Morrison, Rendell, and Fernandez. Yes. Uh, proposal 2, say on pay, shareholders supported this. Uh, 90% voted yes last year. Um, I will add a, a few a few tidbits here, Matt. In connection with the CEO transition, the company seemed to hand out equity awards, special equity awards to at least uh, four named executive officers. I'm not sure why they did that to shut them up because they were unhappy that they weren't promoted. I don't really know yeah, why. They didn't get the promotion. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 you would think in 2023 we're beyond these special one-time uh, awards like this. Uh, here's, a, here's something that I like. I say that sarcastically. For CEO Ryan McInerney, if the, th- if the three-year total shareholder return versus the S&P 500 is at the 25th percentile or below, okay, that means that basically they could underperform the entire market. 
the modifying metric on his equity is only at 75%, which means he still gets 75% of his equity award, even if he underperforms the entire That's S&P 500. That's equity award. The entire S&P 500. Can you yeah. imagine a basketball player that performed in the bottom quartile of all basketball players? They make the league average. They don't get equity awards and cash on top of it. That is absurd. That's I'll, an absurd number. I'll also add that the new CFO, Chris Suh, who came over from Electronic Arts, he's getting a golden hello, $11 million of equity. He's also getting about $4 million in cash, $2 million of which is basically to say sorry to Electronic Arts, where he served as CFO for only 15 months. So they're kind of paying back uh, some of the money he lost because he, less, he left Electronic Arts feels like a real trade, like you traded an actual player. So what do you think about Sam pay over there at a visa? So I'm going to vote yes on it, mostly because if you're voting no on Morrison, if you're voting out Denise Morrison, she's the chair of comp here. It solves part of this sort of insular board naval gazing comp problem. And maybe you could put in somebody who's actually independent to that role. Uh, let's skip uh, to proposal four. That's to approve and adopt the class B exchange offer certificate amendments. Matt, I, I don't even know where to begin here. This is a, I don't know how your average shareholder can even digest uh, proposals like this. It is unbelievably dense and obtuse, but I know you have an analysis here, so go ahead. Look, it's a really simple thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like these shares are not power consolidating shares for the insiders. These are actually shareholder insulating shares. Visa was, was found to be monopolistic. They had an antitrust action prior to their IPO. And as a result, they still wanted to IPO. So they issued these shares that were effectively a bank account for payouts that they were going to have to make to counterparties. The simple answer here, is simplifying the different share classes that they have is good. They're getting themselves out from a litigation where they overcharge everyone in the universe. Uh, that's fine. I, I vote for this. All right. And finally, let's jump ahead to a shareholder proposal from John Shevedin uh, asking for the board uh, to adopt a policy to, to seek shareholder ratification of certain termination pay arrangements. What do you say, Matt? He's basically trying to limit golden parachutes. That's all he's trying to do in his proposal. But my, the fact is, if John Chavedin wants it, vote for it. There's nobody who thinks more about shareholder rights than that guy. He's a corporate governance gadfly. Vote for it. Yeah, and John, I agree with you, John, but can you add in golden hellos to that too? Yes, Can please. we get rid of all golden hellos and golden parachutes? That's if it. If the word golden's in it, get rid of it. That's it for Visa. Uh, that's it for the show. That's the Proxy Countdown for the week of December 11th, 2023. Join us next week when we jump back into the alternative democracy pool. Forever on the lookout for shareholder sharks, floating band-aids, and wayward directors. <laughs>